Welcome to episode 776. The country is on fire right now. If you don't know what I mean, there was two huge decisions laid down by SCOTUS. One that had to deal with a case up in New York. Gun rights right there, big one. And then also the overturning i couldn't believe that this one happened but overturning of roe versus wade and it is a freak out in this country right now over the weekend there's been mass protests there's been mass uh shenanigans if you will gun case huge man for concealed carry in those states that have these May issue deals. And then, of course, they send the abortion rights stuff back to the states. Boy, the spin on these is just unreal. I find it funny in New York, they're all going around these politicians saying it's going to be like the wild, wild west. Man, that's the same argument that they used here in Illinois while they were passing everything. Saying it was going to be the wild, wild west, there's going to be shootouts on the streets, all that kind of stuff. Well, guess what? It never happened. And I bet those states right now are trying to work around these rulings. You watch, California is going to be the big one. Anyway, today we got a lot of good news happening. We're going to play that through. Then uh, our main stories, Sonoma Hells Angels, three of their members were convicted of RICO. Yeah, that story we have been uh, covering. They said they also killed one of their own. Then we go overseas where the Banditos Clubhouse was closed. Let's get to it. Johnson City today for a good cause. This weekend, the local chapter of the Southern Cruisers Riding Club hosted their 17th annual rally and benefit ride. It's a ride spanning all of the Tri-Cities region's most beautiful towns. Bikers took off this morning at 10 a.m. from Johnson City. Many people came in from other chapters to participate, including from other states, Canada, and even Sweden. Organizers say that the profits from registration for the ride all benefit St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital in Memphis. It's a drop in a bucket to an organization inside of St. Jude's because their budget is unreal, what they spend to take care and everything like that. But it, it's dollars that they would not get if people here didn't actually support. Chapter 77 of the Southern Cruisers has been able to donate more than $83,000 to St. Jude over the years. The organization has donated more than $3 million total and the group has around 30,000 members worldwide. Motorcycle Club are helping the family of an Oklahoma toddler who has an extremely rare medical condition. Ryder Barnes was diagnosed with Bayless Ascaris, an extremely rare parasitic infection that quickly caused him to lose his sight and ability to drink and eat on his own. The Iron Pigs Motorcycle Club held a poker run and an auction to raise money for his medical cost. His parents, Colton and Alicia, say they will never be able to thank them enough for supporting their baby boy. And they're doing it um, for no reason other than just love, you know, and, and there's, if there was more uh, love like this spread throughout the world, it would probably be a much better place. 
The Barnes say Ryder is progressing steadily in his recovery. Female biker group 413 Biker Girls hosted their first annual ride this morning to honor fallen riders. Western Mass News reporter Leon Purvis has more on what this event meant to members of the group. We are having a ride out for all of our fallen riders, um, meaning everyone has fallen off, all the you know, deceased people that we know. Sharon Valentin, part of 413 Biker Girls, is one of the lead group members who helped put together the first ride out as they are honoring those who died in a motorcycle accident as this hits close to home for her. We've had a lot of close friends of ours pass away recently. Many bikers from all over came out to support the cause as the group is also honoring those recovering or dealing with the after effects of a motorcycle accident. I think it's good to donate that money to the person they need it. Having people come out makes Sharon feel like she is making a change. It makes us feel proud. It makes us feel like we're getting through to people on the community itself. And the message behind 413 Biker Girls? It's just all women. We are here to empower women writers um, and not only empower women, but we want to empower the community itself. We want women that don't ride to come into our group. And if you want to become a biker, or join the 413 Biker Girls. Information for that will be on our website, westernmassnews.com. That right there is the best part of biker news. Motorcycle clubs doing well, bikers doing well. It was awesome seeing them raise money for St. Jude's. St. Jude's is just a beautiful hospital. The parents or relatives don't have to pay for anything. Those kids are warriors down at St. Jude's Hospital. Beautiful stuff, man. Beautiful stuff. This is the time when a lot of bikers get together, raise money for their communities for great causes. I just wish they get more, uh, you know, press on this kind of stuff. But it always seems like it's only the bad stuff that's going to get you to press when it comes to biker-related stuff. Because, quite frankly, they know that the bad stuff sells. That's just the way it works, the way it goes. And hopefully, you know, clubs will start getting out there with some PR officers and start pushing back against some of the narratives that these uh, media folks have. But right now, we got something uh, going on in Danville. Let's take a look. Critical condition after Danville police responded to a shots fired report early Sunday morning. Police were on the scene at the 100 block of Commercial Street when they found the victim with a gunshot wound. Police say he was at a party when another man then fired shots at the victim. The suspect then fled the scene and police asked that if you do have any information on this specific incident to go ahead and contact them or Crime Stoppers. There you go, out of Danville. I think that was Danville, Illinois, if I'm not mistaken, man. Uh, that's a, what, hour or something past uh, Chicago down south. But anyway, if you haven't subscribed yet, make sure you hit that subscribe over on YouTube, our podcasting platforms. You always get full episodes of the show china dow comes in for the second segment of the show and it's some fun stuff but anyway we're gonna go over now to where we at abc.net.au 
police dismantle Bandito's Outlaw Motorcycle Gang Clubhouse in Leeton. Remember what I said the other day? I'm happy as hell to live in the United States of America because we do have a Bill of Rights over there. No. They seem to do whatever they want, man. Kind of like Canada, man. Uh, the police are just horrible over there in Canada. We read a story on that one where they were claiming that Hells Angels and others were laundering money through tattoo shops and all that. And I have to say, man, you know, that must be a tattoo shop that is banging to be able to launder money. Anyway, New South Wales police have dismantled a Bandito's gang clubhouse in the state's Riviana region. Uh-oh, here we go. Strike Force Yanima. They got all these strike forces over there. Was established in February to investigate the activities of the Bandito's Outlaw Motorcycle Gang. Yeah, they're going to continue using that. Uh, two search warrants were executed uh, in the town of Leiden, 45 kilometers east of Griffith. I cannot freaking translate kilometers into miles. Uh, we were not, you know, I guess we were taught that, but I never listened. Anyway, a 48-year-old and 45-year-old man were arrested at the home on Kuhleman Street and a business on Turak Road. At the Kuhleman Street property, police located a Bandidos clubhouse. Police said they found items including knives, motorcycles, electronic devices, as well as a large amount of Bandidos paraphernalia like clothing, vests, and an insignia. Well, duh, it's a clubhouse. Morons. Uh, they have both been charged with participating in a criminal group with police alleging they were part of the Bandidos gang. They have been refused bail to appear before Griffith local court. You imagine that just being said, hey, you're a member of this or that and you get no bail? Man, that's messed up. A 39-year-old man and 37-year-old woman have also been arrested, have been charged with similar offenses. I don't know how she was. Uh, again, the man has been refused bail. <laughs> man, you guys have a bad over there. Uh, so there's been no real concern about their presence in town, but we're certainly concerned if there's any type of organized crime in town. So we congratulate the police on their efforts. It's always funny. Even a lot of their studies over there says that clubs account for less than 1% of all the crime. But they spend a lot of time chasing them down instead of some real ones, man. I don't know. Uh, another one. Here we go out of Shores News Network. Uh, this was a U.S. Department of Justice press release. Three members of the Sonoma motorcycle gang convicted of racketeering, conspiracy, and related crimes. Uh, earlier today, a federal jury found Jonathan Nelson, a.k.a. John John, Brian Wayne Went, and Russell Taylor Ott, a.k.a. Russie, 
uh, guilty of murder in the aid of racketeering as part of their participation in a criminal enterprise involving their membership in the Sonoma County Charter of the Hell's Angel. Notice how they go after the whole club. There, This is three people. Out of how many that the Angels have worldwide and in this country. But no, they go after the club. A lot of the times in these trials, instead of trying the individual, they'll put the club on trial, which really, I believe, biases uh, the jury pool. It really does. Uh, now, the special agent in charge was Sean Reagan. The verdict follows a nine-week trial before the Honorable Edward Chen. You always notice how these judges have to be called honorable <laughs> far from it the jurors found all these members of a violent motorcycle gang killed one of their own and engaged in a conspiracy to commit many other serious criminal acts violent motorcycle gang gotta love the u.s attorneys man this office is laser focused on removing from our neighborhoods those elements who use violence to achieve illegal goals. Well, why don't you guys go after the street gangs, man? You know, the ones standing on the corners, going around doing drive-bys, all that kind of stuff. You never go for them, do you, man? You never put them in the paper. It's only club stuff most of the time. Uh, today's verdicts are the result of an intense multi-year investigation and should serve as a notice to all such criminal enterprises. Huh. And they go on to say the verdict marks a milestone in the investigation that spanned nearly eight years. See, that's one thing that people don't understand is these RICO investigations take years to come to flourishing, and then for if there's informants involved, for the defense to get their hands on who they are, it, it takes a long time. And the ignorance of some people is just amazing when it comes to this type of stuff because they go off of emotion instead of facts. You know how it is. Anyway, we're going to go to the second half of the show. Don't forget again to subscribe over on YouTube. Pass us around. And uh, that helps the show right there. China Doll is coming in now after this music break.
mission from God. Medical authorities in Cumberland have concluded that in all cases, the killers are eating the flesh of the people they murder. Zombies got you down. Keep it tuned. WMMRDB Rockford. Man, oh man, oh man, oh man. I got a crazy ass cat, that zoomy bitch. Knocking everything over the place, man. Dude, she tore stickers off the wall and everything else. What's with that psycho? I'm sitting here thinking, did this freaking bitch give her catnip or something like that? But no, she all over the place. It's funny, I got it staggered on the wall where she can climb, and now she can get on top of a bookcase. And she sits up there with like some lion and stuff like that. I know, and then she stalks the dogs. <laughs> them poor dogs i know i know do a do a check on your mic real quick check hi there che- you go checker Better. checker what it's serial killer monday on the second Chaos. half of the show and she found a good one holy shit i didn't even remember this one until she brought it up but the country is burning right now isn't it Oh my god, it's insane. It's mentally insane. <laughs> you know, you know, okay, Roe versus Wade, people. Roe versus Wade. I'm telling you what, though. What? The liberals went crazy on this one. And they're still going crazy. I, I knew it was bad the moment our daughter called you. I was like, you know what? You're a cl- you're a freaking school psych, helping everybody else with their problems, and you got to call mommy all the time, and it freaking drives me crazy. It does. And what did she tell you? Oh my God, mom! You believe this Roe versus Wade thing? Oh my God, can you believe it? You know, and mom, I have um, endo- <clears throat> endotrometriosis so bad that, you know, if like I do get pregnant and it's like a tubal or something, now I can't have an abortion and I might die. And I'm like, Jesus, the drama, the drama out of this shit. Yeah. And my daughter is always number one at the drama. I know. She's sad. She's so sad. You got the mainstream media going around saying, well, now abortion's illegal. You dumb motherfuckers, you know you're spreading propaganda because now it goes back down to the states. Mm. Just because the Supreme Court said what they said is state by state. The way it should be. Yeah. When this country was put together, it was all about states' rights. They didn't want a strong federal government. There was only a couple things the federal government was supposed to do. One of them being protect from foreigners, you know, wars and shit. But then over the course of time, it got into dictatorships, if you ask me. And now all of a sudden people are freaking the fuck out. Well, and if you look up, which I did, the map of the United States specifically stating what states are now completely banning abortion, there are only 11. Out of 50. Yeah. And those are hardcore conservative states. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. Bible Belt stuff and all that sorry shit. Sorry for my daughter, but Wisconsin is one of them. But <laughs> It happens. But Go over to Minnesota. You're an hour away. 
But uh, it's literally only 11 states that are, are, are saying no. And then they're freaking out about the gun ruling. They're using the excuse it's going to turn into the Wild West. Well, they use that excuse here in Illinois, and the only one Wild West is south and west side of Chicago. It's always been that way. Other than that, it's not. Or hey. You see how people freak out over shit? Our daughter could just come back to Illinois. Well, there you go. But at the same time, you see how people freak? They don't even know what they're talking about? Well, and, you know, our daughter's also all about, oh, my God, Mom, I swear to God, I might just join a protest. I'm like, you do your thing, girl, because that ain't my thing. Go join a protest. Yeah, I'm like, you do your thing. How the hell did you raise such a liberal? I didn't, You're dude. an asshole. I didn't. It's blame it on the college. I don't know what's No, it's you. blame it on the mother. And no, because I don't agree with 90% of the shit that she says. Then why is it when she comes over, you're all quiet when I'm arguing with because her? Because I'm getting in the middle between you and her arguing. And doesn't she hate it when she loses every argument? Yeah. She gets like mad. Like we're on the phone. And you start, you and her start uh, arguing about political stuff. She goes, okay, you know what? Forget it. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) That's what they always do. They have no argument. Yeah. She'll hang up. And then they get mad. Yeah. She gets salty as hell. I don't know, man. I'm salty right now. And there's something you got to look at at your gas station. What? They are now, and you got to watch out for that, you know, bands and shit like that. Well, they're cutting holes in the bottom of the bands, mm-hmm. parking over the fuel tanks and stealing the fuel right there in front of everybody. But it's a band, so nobody knows what's going on. Ours are locked. Oh, it's easy to fucking get them out. But at the same time, that's what they're doing. They're parking over them. The holes where the tankers pump the gas? Yeah, they're parking over them and stealing the gas and selling it at a discount. Well, good luck. It ain't good luck. This is being done. And I guess, you know, some smart generation uh, millennials and Zs, they came up with a device to trick the pump in the lowering the price down to like a dollar or something. Yeah, I want to know. This that is trick. crazy. I want to know that trick. I'll use it at my own gas station. So why would I? <laughs> Give me one of these devices, man. <laughs> you freaking tech dummies! Give me one. I okay. use the shit out of it. Hell yeah! I'd be filling up five gallon freaking uh, what's it called? Uh, gas freaking uh, uh, gas cans. Yeah, gas cans. And I'd be selling that shit all over the place. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah, I want one. Gotta find one of them peeps. Wouldn't you? I want to find. If one. I could get the price down to a dollar, I turn around and sell it for three bucks a gallon uh, for five gallons. There you go. Fifteen dollars a gallon. There, fifteen dollars for a, a can. Yeah. Uh, people are sad. but i love it smart as shit but whatever just hopefully i don't get caught and then you got you got to watch out for your gas tanks because they're siphoning out of that i'm sitting there in the garage because i got one of the automatics uh siphoners you're sitting there wondering Mm. how you can get to my work and go do it (laughs) 
Yar. Hit them at nighttime. Yeah. Go in there and uh, scope out the place. If they got no cameras outside, it's on, baby. <laughs> it's something like Donkey Kong. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, you're being like a Robin Hood. I'd have to say. You're providing a service to somebody because the prices are high. Yes, you're being a Robin Hood. You're, being a, you're taking from the rich and giving to the poor. Giving to the poor. <laughs> Because I seen them damn uh, prices at Walmart the other day, and I bitch about them all the time. I'm sitting here pissed. I was pissed. I was like, you know what? Stop going once or twice a day. Get one week's worth of shit. That way I don't have to cry about the bill. You'd cry even more if I got a whole week's worth of food. I don't know about you, man. I, I just don't think you're using coupons and... I don't know, man. You got to start learning the coupons. Me, I had to start rolling cigarettes and stuff. And I actually found the flavor that I like. It's really hard to do that. To find the flavor that you're used to. But I finally found it. So, now I'm rolling cigarettes. Mm -hmm. But then I got to take my ass some time to roll them. Yes, you do. And that's some bullshit. Hee <laughs> hee. I got to get me one of them big ass uh, ones. You got a big one. No, a big-ass uh, cigarette roller where it can roll a pack in, like, two seconds. You're just slow. Is there anybody? I, I bet a lot of people are rolling their own cigarettes right now. I'm sure there are. It's cheaper. Oh, yeah. You're damn right it's cheaper. <laughs> Do, like, what, a carton for 20 bucks? Something like that. <laughs> Something like that. I think, you know, the problem with you is you can't get used to them. No, I can't. I can't stand it. Mm-mm. I won't do it. Even though it's lesser money. You still won't do it. Nope. Nope. I don't smoke as much as you do. Mm-hmm. You're the big smoker, not me. Well, I admit that. I admit that. You know, I only got a couple cigarettes left, so I had to go back and get, you know, the pack you had. Gio says, dude, they got electric cigarettes now. I can't stand He won't thing. do them. I tried. I have a vape. I had him try it, and he coughed his lungs out. I can't stand them fucking things. <laughs> anyway, it's Serial Killer Monday. I think this is one of your favorite shows, ain't it? Yeah. I like the serial killers. Well, go for it. All right. So we couldn't decide between man, woman, whatever. So I said... Screw it, and found the Ripper Crew. The Ripper Crew. Yes. A group of men who were linked to deaths of at least 18 Chicago-area women in the early 1980s. You know, I didn't remember this until you brought it up. Mm. Well, it's made up of four guys. Robin Getch or uh -huh. something. Edward Spritzer, I don't know how to pronounce these people's names, and Andrew and Thomas Corralius. Right. Or however you pronounce these guys' names. They were accused of being a part of a satanic cult that abducted, tortured, mutilated, and killed women. Their first victim was 28-year-old Linda Sutton, who was abducted on May 23, 1981. Her body was found mutilated 10 days later in a Villa Park field. 
Dun, dun, dun. Then another victim, Beverly Washington, was found by a railroad track in October of 82 near death. She survived the attack despite being raped and mutilated. She was able to give a description of her attackers to the police. Ain't that weird? They did it in a group? Mm. Is that even... uh, uh, That had to be like one of the first of its kind where, hey, let's get all the serial killers together. Yeah, right? Let's just join a clan. It reminds me of uh, The Last House on the Left, man. They were crazy in that freaking movie. But it was like, damn, man, these are all doing this together. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought it was interesting that two of them were brothers. You know, so that that was, you know, that was kind of interesting. Well, keep it in the family. I guess. The Rippers were arrested and all convicted... Andrew was the last person executed by Illinois in March of 99. How many of them got executed? The others were sentenced to decades behind bars. Thomas, the brother of Andrew who was executed in 99, was released on parole in 2019. How the hell did they release him after all the murders? And the other two, st- you, do, do, let me let me do the last part here of the sentence. The other two remain in prison with life sentences or decades left on their terms. Okay, go. So how did he get out on parole? Especially being a part of a serial killer group. Well, guess what? I have the answer to that. <laughs> Back in. March of 2019, he was interviewed. Mm-hmm. Mr. Thomas here. And they said that after nearly four decades in prison, one of the members, which is Thomas, of the sadistic four-man crew, they compared him to the modern-day Jack the Ripper or Charles Manson, was expected to be released... Mm. A week after the uh, little interview here. Based on their own recorded statements and signature style of mutilating their victims, the group as the Ripper crew, they did 18 women. Well, they decided, here he is, at age 58, Thomas is likely the only member of the group who will get a chance to rejoin society? He originally- I think that's crazy. Yeah, this is this is what does not make sense to me about his case. He originally received a life sentence for his role in the murder of a 21-year-old Elmhurst woman who was abducted outside the suburban office where she worked in May of 82. But a series of legal maneuvers and now defunct sentencing rules allowed for him to go free after serving just half his prison term. That is unreal. They found, basically, loopholes. Well, of course, when you get in like that, it's going to be loopholes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what was their total kill? 18. So 18, and he's figured, okay, he's good enough to go back into society. Yeah, so he basically served 
from 80, 80, the 80s until 2019. So he was set free in 2019. And he's still walking the streets. I don't know. You should, we should like look him up and shit like that. Yeah, I mean, the other ones that were... Was there a female in that too? No, it was just four guys. Just four guys? Yeah. His younger brother, I said, he was uh, lethally injected at the the age of 35 in Illinois. So why was he lethally injected and not the other ones? I guess they proved that he did more damage than the rest of them. Or they gave him up. Or that. They said, hey, man, I'm going to get life, man. Fuck you. You're going to the death chamber. Well, and they said the other two, uh, the ones that weren't related, the other two defendants have exhausted all their appeals and will probably die in prison. Where they should be. Mm Mm-hmm. Where they should be. That is unbelievable, man. The, the the other two, though, they said there is a high possibility that one of those two will be eligible for, for parole if he lives to be 89. <laughs> By the time you're 89, you're done. <laughs> you're out of there, man. <laughs> well, they, they claimed back in uh, 2019 that they were unclear on where Thomas was planning to live. He's a former DuPage County, well, was at that time a former DuPage County resident, and he did not respond to any written request to be interviewed from the Tribune, Mm -hmm. because he was at the Illinois River Correctional Center at that time. You know what, some interesting stats I just looked up, since 1980... There are over 220 unsolved murders. Over 220,000. We psycho, man. A lot of humanity showing right there. And it says since 1900, there have been 3,000, 3,000 identified American serial killers who killed collectively nearly 10,000 people. Now, is that psycho or what? That's insane. That is, that's sad. Three, And that's only identified. Yeah. Yeah, for real. So you know there's more out there. Mm-hmm. There has to be. There has to be more out there than just 3,000. Oh, I'm sure there are. And then you have to say, okay, what's the definition of a serial killer, though? Are you going to tell us? No, I'm just asking what you think. Is it one, you know, do you have to kill three? Do you have to kill five? You know, I've asked the same thing, and I found a few that they they were listed as a serial killer, and they only killed two. Mm. Obviously, you have to kill more than one. But I've seen some serial killers that I've looked up that have have, have killed anywhere from two to hundreds. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how it becomes a serial killing if there's only two people. I personally thought it would be more than like five. Right. But there are some out there that have only done two and they're considered a serial killer. Now they're saying 
32% of those killers do so for enjoyment. Like thrills, lust, power. Then 30% do it for financial reward. They have to be talking about uh, hits and stuff like that. 18% in anger. 6.3% to advance a cr yeah, the criminal enterprise. And 1% because of a cult put them up to it. So mostly it's because they enjoy it. It's a thrill to them. That's freaking crazy, man. Who does that? Uh, psychos? Business is one thing. Business is, I've always put that into different category because business is business. And you know what you get into when you play the game. But for those that are innocent, to have to, like a Ted Bundy, he did that shit because he was into the sex and shit like that. He was a quack. And then you had the Green River Killer who did the prostitutes. Right. So there is, well, Jeff Dahmer, that freak too. Gacy. Gacy. That was all sexual based. Right. But then they got one thing I never understood was Charles Manson. How they locked him up. Now, he's a psycho, but he was never in the killings. He was usually never even present. So how did they get him on murder? Now, was it that he just sent the people off? What? Because they claim he brainwashed these people to do his biddings for him. Yeah, but there's, there's an argument there Do you say... Was he directly involved? Was he, should he got the same sentence as the other ones? Well, there were some that turned on him, and that's how he got busted. Mm-hmm. They turned against him. The 60s are something, man. I think, and I've always said it, the 1960s is what ruined this country. And if you look at it, before then, you know, America had morals. But the ending, the last thing of the 60s happened this past weekend with uh, Roe versus Wade. Mm. Killing that ideology. That's the 70s. No, but it came from those in the 60s. Even the one that the case was, you know, taught, you know initiated, she's not pro-abortion. So I think the 60s is what really killed this country. And you had people like a Charles Manson running around that kook because they were dropping acid, psychedelics, and all that bullshit, mushrooms. Killed their thinking. They were cray-cray. But then you have these other ones that do it for sexual gratification or a power trip. Right. And the ones in Illinois, it sounded like it was more of a power trip, wasn't it? Like who? The ones we just talked about. Well, it just seemed like something. They were bored and they just went and did something. Now, they did talk a little bit more in detail about Thomas and basically how he's he, he got out. Mm -hmm. It says that psychiatrists and psychologists who re in recent years prior to 2019 evaluated him as a last-ditch effort 
to block his freedom. They say, and he's not sexually violent, they claimed. Mm -hmm. They also portray him as a follower with a low IQ who is unwittingly, who unwillingly inserted himself into the police investigation while trying to help out his brother. They say the police said back then that they have absolutely no doubt of his involvement. He even admitted in detailed tape-recorded police interviews in November of 82 to being present during three of the 18 attacks, including the slaying of Lori Ann Borowski. And then later at trial, he denied being present and said the police fed him the details of the crimes. Well, that you know what? That's not so far-fetched, because at that time you had Burke back then, who was a scumbag beating the shit out of everybody to get their confessions. But another little uh, tidbit here, and we're going to have to do one on him. Samuel Little, now they called him a transient former boxer, career criminal. He was serving time for two murders... And was recently identified by the FBI as the most prolific serial killer in U.S. history. He confessed to 93 killings between 70 and 2005. And you got to ask yourself, how the hell didn't they catch somebody like that? 93! That's what, a couple of year between 70 and 2005? That's just insanity. Now, I can understand in the 70s there wasn't DNA and all that shit. But come on, at the end of 99 or the 90s, that's when it started becoming prevalent. So how the hell didn't they catch the guy? They didn't care. No, I don't believe they didn't care. They weren't doing their job. Now, the favorite murder weapon was a gun at 42%. Uh, 6% preferred poison. That was the Iceman. He liked using poison. Axis was 2%. <laughs> Let's just chop the motherfuckers up. That's oh, what they were saying. Uh, 52% of serial killers are white. We got a problem right there. Uh, 40% black, uh, 6.7% Hispanic. And what's interesting about that number is when you look at Hispanics, they're very family-orientated, very religious. So 6.7% is like, man, it's just showing you the truth about that. Uh, whites, we're assholes. And, you know, then you got blacks coming in next. So it's like, holy shit. So do you want to hear a little detail on how these four actually killed these people and what they did? Because they considered them satanic. What do you mean satanic? Like, worships the... Yeah. The dude downstairs? Yeah, like... The details of the group's repeated attacks on women are extremely shocking. The men mm. would cut off the victim's breasts. Oh, off, nasty. Often using piano wire or a knife while the women were still alive as a part of sexual rituals and sometimes involving cannibalism. 
They ate him? <clears throat> Later performed a makeshift altar at the ringleader's Chicago home. That's that's what they found stuff there. Yeah, that's nasty. Mm-hmm. That is freaking nasty. Yeah. Oh, my God. We'll be right back after the first music break. We got 32 Leaves and Def Leppa.
biased and trusted biker news now at HarleyLiberty.com. Founded in 2012, Insane Throttle Biker News has been the place that all bikers come for what's happening in the scene. Go over now and bookmark HarleyLiberty.com. Rock on. I want you to guess something, and I want the audience to guess something. Okay? Yeah, go. This is kind of be gonna be fun. I want to know who's singing here. I already know. Uh, that is Vince freaking Neil, that heifer. <laughs> I think it's time to retire. Dude, his voice is so bad. Half the time that man's singing, all you hear is... Dude, you don't even know the words of some of his biggest songs. That was Vince Neil. <laughs> Can you believe how bad they are? That was awful. And that wasn't even with Motley Crue. That was what, with well, uh, his band? Yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. Tommy wasn't playing, Nicky, none of them. No. So it was like, holy shit, dude, give it up. Dude, and his voice, I, I was watching these two people on a podcast totally ripping him to buttholes, saying that he sounded like he was a dying cat when he was singing. Oh, man, that's just one of them. But I think everybody that was in an 80s band, you know, we feel nostalgic. We like what you had. But now you're old, folks. Give it up. You know, I'm going to give I'm going to give Brett Michaels some kudos, though, because that mofo can still sing. You know what it is? Because he has diabetes, so he never drank in any of that shit. And he's always kept in health. And he still has a kick-ass voice, even when we seen him live the a uh, couple years ago. Yeah, right here in town. And now you got these, you know, freaking former drug addicts probably still doing this shit, thinking they're living in the 1980s. Yeah, his dude, his and voice they're just funny. terrible. Yeah, it was a joke. That he, was disappointing. Them podcasters were cutting him so bad it was uh, I, I almost peed. That I mean, they're saying. They were trying to repeat the words that he was singing, and all you would hear literally is him going, Ow! Ow! <laughs> it's like, what? What happened? What was that, dude? You don't know the words to your own songs, and don't don't these uh, singers like have cheat sheets all over or something, or freaking I don't know, when screens they... where they can read the words if they don't remember them? That, I don't that know. That was a bad karaoke act. That was sad. That's what you hear during karaoke, don't you? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty and much. here he is. I bet he's freaking squandered all his money away. No, I'm sure. Here he is having to do these dive bars now just to make ends meet. Well, and then his his uh, manager, I guess, actually did a thing, an interview on why he's so overweight. And... Roy boy, Vince Meal. <laughs> 
you know why he's so overweight and how why his voice was the way it was and stuff and i'm like yep i'm not watching it because i'm not gonna listen to this dude talk about vince neal and why he's so bad because whatever you're just making excuses and then you watch it as like dude was right (laughs) makes sense dude was really right right there dude is just sad that's all I got to say about that. That was just sad. Oh, I, my I, God. I played that crap for you last night. You were dying. I was. I was like, man, this ain't the Neil I know. Mm-mm. And that's why I said, you know, because you got a lot of these bands that were from the 80s still trying to tour. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are in their late 60s, early 70s. Is like, dude, you need a cane on stage? Well, it's like what cracks me up is these guys have been singing these songs for since the 80s. Right. How in fuck's name does he not know the word words to one of their most famous songs? That's because he's probably drugged up beyond belief. It was just funny. It was sad. So I wanted to give a rundown of the history's most notorious serial killers to wrap this segment up. You had Ten Bundy, David Berkowitz, he was the son of Sam. Old Jeffrey Dahmer, that freaking cannibal idiot. Uh, Gary Ridgeway, he was the Green River Killer. Uh, then they put Charles Manson in there. And, uh, you know, I do got to read that Helter Skelter thing. Uh, Dennis Radar, he was the BTK uh, K Killer. Aline Warnos, that was a broad. Then, of course, the killer clown, John Wayne Gacy, uh, Joel Ripken, and then Jack the Ripper. They were never able to find Jack the Ripper, were they? I don't know. Should we do him? Yeah, we're going to have to do Joel Ripken, too, because uh, he's still alive right now. Uh, he's 63, and he killed 17 women in the 90s. And the only reason why he was caught was he had a missing license plate, and they discovered his latest victim in the trunk. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, that was a big oops. <laughs> it happens. Oh, man. Uh, we do have another interesting one, though. Not a serial killer, but Kat Von D is in... Uh, and this is a case that's really... Close to us because we own tattoo shops, and I said last night, "Yeah, there's no way you can do that." But give a little background on what we're talking about here. Well, Kat Von D's got a lawsuit that she's being sued. Uh, it's going to be heading to a jury. This was a uh, couple, just a couple weeks ago. Um, she did a Miles Davis tattoo Mm -hmm. back in 2017 on somebody on a guy's right arm right and you know took a picture of it and published it you know on all her social media and whatnot but the gentleman who took that photo He's decided that that was considered copyright infringement. That was in no way copyright infringement on her part. Mm. Because tattoo artists, they'll tattoo what you bring into them. But since she has a big name in the tattoo scene, Mm -hmm. he thought he was going to go and collect some money. Well, 
I guess this guy, Jeff Sedlick, who owns the copyright of the photo of the legendary jazz musician. It's basically Miles Davis with his finger up to his lips. Mm. And this exact picture was uh, tattooed on a gentleman named Blake Farmer. While Los Angeles, the federal judge in Los Angeles, ruled that it's up to a jury to determine whether or not a tattoo that resides on Blake Farmer's skin is an act of infringement or a fair use. Well, it wouldn't be on her. That's the thing. It wouldn't be on her part that she did that. I don't think it would be because of the fact that this Blake Farmer is the one that brought this guy's photo to her. And tattoo artists don't know who takes these pictures. If they're if you're bringing a photo or something mm. for, you know, for all she knew, this Blake Farmer who has the the tattoo on his skin could have said that he took the picture. Well, that's going to be a big case for tattoo artists all over the country now, because if that's the case, look at all these people that have portraits on them. Of different characters from movies and yeah, like I the don't judge know. should know better. He th- he should have threw this shit right out. Well, it isn't being thrown out because now it's in a jury's hands. Mm-hmm. Now, what's the judge trying to do? Set precedent uh, for cases coming out? I, you know what? The, it, it's freaking ludicrous. But you know what the you know what the funniest part of the whole thing is, though? Huh. Blake Farmer, who has the tattoo on his arm, is not a part of the lawsuit. That's because he's going after Kat Von D because she has the money. No, he's not the one going after her. No, I'm talking about the guy who got the tattoo. He don't have any money, so this guy wants to go after her. The one who owns the the patent or trademark, whatever the hell it is. Oh, the copyright Yeah, to, to the photo. But see... This guy's photo, you could pull up online. Mm-hmm. If you searched the if you searched Miles Davis, you know, Miles Davis's, you know, photos. Right. You could find this photo online. So I'm sure that's what this Blake Farmer did. See, copyright and trademark law, it's something that you really got to know. Uh, I don't think it uh, really goes towards tattoos. That's fucking ludicrous. But, you know, stuff uh, like in the news media and stuff, there's different laws that you have to follow there. But this is just like, wow. I just think that's going to be a sad thing for, I mean, this is Los Angeles, so I'm sure it would have to be considered out there would be an issue then. Because... No, what they want to do is get it to where there's a decision and neither party appeals it. That way there's case precedent. And I, I think that's the reason why this freaking idiot judge didn't throw it out because he wants his name attached to this. Well, and the funny thing is, is like people pointed out like Kat Von D's attorney and whatnot pointed specifically out that there are n- certain noticeable differences between... Sudlick's photo and of Miles Davis and Kat Von D's tattoo, mm-hmm. such as lighting and shave, shading, 
and the hairline and the background of the images that are in the background. And I mean, she so changed, she changed it to her. She changed up some things in it. Then it's no longer so. Then a if it's if if she changed a lot of these things in it, where it's not one hundred percent identical, and that they are noticeable differences, how the hell would that be considered copyright? Then it ain't at that point because Miles David could be uh, portrayed in a different light with artistic, uh, you know, expression, and that's protected. Yeah, so then at, they say, as a result, the Sedlick court found that the question of substantial similarities should be left to a jury. So now they're going to have a jury judge between a photo and a tattoo. That's a waste of money. And that's what I was just thinking. What a waste of people's time. Big Over time. this guy just wanting money from Kat Von D. And they should see right through that. I mean, I, it's just money-hungry money uh, people. That's just like people spilling coffee on their damn selves. And next thing you know, they want to sue McDonald's or some shit. Right. I mean, you know, people are ignorant, man. Uh, and half the stuff on the internet, it's your fault for putting up there any damn way. Well, Kat Von D's biggest argument is basically all about fair use. Well, it is fair use. You know, so that's what her her side is going to be about is fair fair use. And she changed the picture. And yeah, because actually I'm staring right now at the photograph and at Kat Von D's uh, tattoo. And there is 100% major difference because... We all know Miles is a very dark-skinned man. Mm-hmm. Well, in Kat Von D's tattoo, his skin isn't as dark. You can see his facial features way more than you can in the photograph. Mm-hmm. The, the tattoo actually looks ten times better than the photograph. <laughs> Maybe that's why he's pissed. He pissed because he took a shitty picture and she did an awesome ink. <laughs> I mean, it's more distinctive. The The detail is more brought out because of the way she did the shading and the lighting on it. So it's like, to be honest with you, looking at the two right now, her tattoo looks a million times better than the actual photo because the actual photo, the background is jet black. So you can't see a lot of detail with like his hair and his skin, his skin and everything. Mm-hmm. And on the tattoo that she did, it's full detailed. You could see all the lines and everything around his eyes and his fingers and, like, everything. Full, like, ten times more detailed work. So, I personally, when I'm looking at them, yeah, they're similar. But I wouldn't say copywritten. Like copywritten no, they're different. They're way different. 100% different. <laughs> Unbelievable people. It's time for Cards Against Humanity. Get your nastiness ready. What do you got for us today, China? What do you got? I just closed my eyes and picked a card. By the way, you got to go over to her TikTok. I like uh, freaked me out today. The video that she did, I was like, damn, not bad for 49 years old. <laughs> not bad at all. At China Dial 1973. What do you got? When I am a billionaire, 
I shall erect a 50-foot statue to commemorate what? To commemorate what? Your dick, right? My Is first that... blowjob. Oh, my God. You're going to have a 50-foot statue of some chick sucking your dick? Yeah! That's just wrong. And I'm going to do it on a private island. Why would you not just put it where everybody could see it? Oh, because you don't want nobody to see your wiener. <laughs> Aww. Look at that cute little thing. Looks like a button. There you go, a button. What would you do with a billion dollars? Not no, not erect no fifty foot statue. That's I would. I'd buy sure. myself a private island. Live out my good old days on the private island where nobody can fuck with me. I would definitely not make no damn statue. But I mean, if I had to do a statue, I don't know. I'm into like wolves and werewolves and shit like that. I would want to do like a statue thing where it would be like the transformation of a human into a wolf. No, that's actually a good idea. I mean, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, it would. It'd be cool. <laughs> Morbic boobs. <laughs> <laughs> the and sex comes out. And you'll see Morbic standing right in the middle of them boobs. <laughs> right in the middle, freaking motorboating them damn things. <laughs> Bushwolf said she wants she wants a fifty foot statue of Sasquatch. Do you believe Sasquatch exists? Yeah, I think so too. I think there's a lot on this earth that we don't know. Jay Spike said he'd build a sea monster, like the Loch Ness. The Loch Ness. <laughs> the Loch Ness monster. I'd build a pyramid to myself. You're a call dork. it to the Hollywood pyramid. The Holly, the Pyramid of Hollywood. Yes, me. I'll put on you know one of them you know long goatees like the uh, ancient Egyptians wore. You're yeah. stupid. Put on no. a crown. No, King Hollywood. A fifty foot <laughs> statue of Hollywood. Man, if there was a fifty foot statue of you, I'd be egging it and having birds shit on it. How rude. <laughs> How rude. Yeah, perfect spot for the birds to go. And that's all for Motorcycle (laughs) Madhouse this morning. Don't forget to go over to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Install Insane Throttle TV's channel over on Roku. As well as go get the Insane Throttle radio app over on Google Play. Rock on until next time.